God, we praise and thank you because you love everyone and everything that you have made. You love everyone and everything that you have made. That is us, it's our community, and it's our world. We give you thanks for this truth. And we ask now that we would know better how to participate in this truth. For the sake of your kingdom. Amen. I want to indulge you this morning. I mean, not only Ian's singing, but I want to indulge you this morning. Could you take a coffee bean and pass it on? You're allowed to oh, have a sniff, you know, just, or have a, have a few sniffs, you know. Um, but if you take a coffee bean and, and pass it on, uh, that'd be fantastic. They're very small. I want to give you something at the start of Christian Aid Week to remind you that this is Christian Aid Week, that as we share something small, we recognize that we can contribute to our world and to God's kingdom, even in small ways. Did you know that 25 million people in our world are dependent on growing coffee for their livelihood, 25 million. Is that half the population of England? Five times the size of Scotland? How much coffee we drink. Keep that in your pocket throughout this week, just so you can smell it, just so this aroma of this week goes with you and beyond. And just notice how small it is. It's in these small things often that God works. In the profound unseen, the hidden away, that changes the, the flavor of things, that can make a difference. We'll be doing this at the 11 o'clock service, and we'll be asking about all kind of jumping beans and runner beans and jelly beans and, and saying something about what God can do with the very small. I wonder also this week if you noticed there's a story in our news that I think typifies our Western attitude towards the world. This week, a boat filled with 72 African migrants ran into trouble crossing the Mediterranean. Despite alarms being raised with the Italian Coast Guards and the boat making contact with a military helicopter and a NATO warship, no rescue effort was attempted. There were 11 survivors. Did you know that last Friday... Thousands of people gathered in Tahrir Square calling for national unity after attacks on Egyptian churches. Some held crosses, other waved Palestinian flags as the number swelled in Cairo's iconic square, the epicenter of protest that had overthrown President Hosni Mubarak in February. One man from the podium said, if you attack a Christian, you're attacking all Egyptians. This was happening because 15 people had been killed and a Coptic church had been burnt down in that week. Coptic Christians account for 10% of the population of Egypt, of the, of the country's 80 million people. They are complaining increasingly of discrimination and have been target of repeated sectarian attack. Did you know that this week, the rebuilding after the earthquake in Haiti has been going on? Remember the earthquake of last, was it January? Killing 316,000 people. 
Three million people were affected by it. One of the things that relief agencies are finding is there now a lack of tree cover. Only 2% of Haiti's trees remain. So that the soil, anything that's given, just washes away. And so there's an awful lot of tree planting going on. Haiti Survi is the partner that Christian Aid is supporting to plant these trees. They're also in the process this week of repairing 150 houses, building 370 hurricane and quake-resistant houses, training 250 people in construction, 1,200 in agricultural fishery, 20,000 in awareness raising regards what is secure housing, and 5,000 on people on protecting the environment. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It doesn't say for God only loves Camborne. It doesn't say that God only loves Christians. The breadth and the focus of that verse is very challenging, very encouraging. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. I remember a few years ago chatting with somebody and they were saying, as they came to faith or back to faith, they said, you know, one of the things that really struck me is how much I never realized what's going on in the world. Becoming a Christian, being part of the extended Christian family, opens my eyes to caring about what's happening in our places because there's, God loves everyone. And I find out about Christian brothers and sisters that are involved in things elsewhere as well. I want to invite Vincent, as we're thinking, as we think about our passage that we've read in, in Acts chapter 2, which I'll come on to in just a minute, which encourages us to think of the power and place of community of sharing and caring. And Vincent's going to give us a very brief illustration of this in, in Zimbabwe. Thanks, Thanks Peter. Uh, good morning. Just a very brief a glimpse of what Peter is uh, trying to capture with all those statistics and figures of uh, amazing horror, of uh, glory of God, as well as uh, we have all these things in this world. And in Zimbabwe, uh, I've always been touched by the Matthew Rizike Children's Home, which was raised up by a church minister in 1950 when he saw children on the streets, abandoned, orphaned, and he took them in to his house to keep them away from trouble, to feed them, to care for just his community. But it ballooned because there was more hunger, there is more trouble on the streets, and his house kept on filling up. Uh, today, the Matthew Rusika Home cares for 143 children, and their task is to try to put back into the community a rounded and independent individual rescued from a life of poverty, of hopelessness, of despair. And I think that is something that Christian aid is working towards in different circumstances of disasters, of tragedy, but also of thanksgiving of the glory of God. Thank you. Going back to that first story about that boat crossing the Mediterranean, it's a European sea, 
how blind we are to the way that we engage with the world. We eat the world, we watch the world, we're entertained by the world, but I often don't think we're world Christians. Did you hear last week just how simply Sabiti, the vice-chancellor, he didn't have his great robes on, the vice-chancellor of the Anglican University of Congo said that just a few years after five million people dying in a country, they're looking at starting a university because they want good leaders in that country, because they feel that's a Christian response in a time of construction and reconstruction. Isn't that a resurrection story? Isn't that a sign of God at work in our world? God's given each of us love to be shared, not to be kept for ourselves. People say we can do, and that's what he said as well. So we know Sabiti is sometimes a wee bit disorganized, you know. Um, and he said, when he was standing there, he said, well, two choices. We could either start in a bit of a muddle or we could do nothing. We thought it was better to start. Acts chapter 2 is the passage that suggested for this week that it fits in with Christian Aid Week. I wonder how you feel when you, when you read that, that passage, what it says to you. It's a very much a summary of the life of the early church and of their living together for the sake of others. One of the things that I was sad about, and it's quite shocked this time when I prepared to read this passage in church, was several of the commentators, Western commentators, were saying, this is an idealized way of living. We're not really sure if it actually happened. You know, It's a, it's a lovely story, but it's just too golden. It's too glossy. I found myself really saddened by this Western, couldn't see past the possibility that people could share profoundly with each other. These were Western Christian commentators saying, you know, this, the, the church therefore went on and had lots of problems. And so this is a little bit of tendency to idealize this passage. If you look at the New Testament and the way the church grew, it was through radical sharing together of possessions of lives. It was both. And so I see this as central to, to the church as expressed in the first century as our way of being in the 21st century. This is not idealized. This is our hope. This is our way of being together as Christians. See the first word it says, it's, we've got devotion in our translation. They devoted themselves. Now what we're saying is they committed themselves. Look what they committed themselves to. The teaching of the apostles and to fellowship. Koinonia, fellowship, a mutuality, a commonality among believers. They didn't have coffee together. They shared their lives. A commonality in they shared their houses. They shared their, their futures. What about us? Because I think... Uh, it's, Often the, the tendency with some of our songs still in the church and certainly in our world is to, is to look at the need around and to respond is, 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 is right. But also to learn from what's happening around the world and ourselves be transformed away from our selfishness. At every instance when we turn on our television or get up in the morning, we're invited to feed ourselves with our eyes, with our stomachs, to feed just ourselves. And it's wonderful, it's good to, to feel full. But how much overfeeding are we involved with? And we're so caught up with that that we don't look beyond. I remember, I probably said this 
he, when I was in a couple of years, came, came to Camborne and uh, had a Bible study again on this passage. And someone said at the end of it, they said, Oh, I'm so glad we don't live in those days. I'm just so glad I come in and I shut the door and I can keep the world there. Car sharing? Maybe we should think about it as a church. Car sharing. For the sake of the kingdom. To show people how we do it. For the sake of the planet. House sharing? Can we show the rest of Camborne that stuff is simply stuff? And it's us, you and me, that are made in the image of God. Where your heart is, your treasure will be. The thing is, we often don't feel like sharing. (laughs) We've got so much, we don't need to. And you say, well, these situations are parts of the world. They need to do that because they don't have anything unless they do. And yet sharing lies at the radical heart of the Christian gospel. I'm going to ask the children later, are adults better or worse than sharing than children? What do you think, Ruth? It's not an easy one. You know, you've got some sweets. How do we get our children to... And what we're going to try and do in, in young church is to continue giving money, um, just, a, just a principle, so that they continue giving money to Congo. I think we, all of our lives, we build up just layers within which we find it harder and harder to give stuff away because we're surrounded by it. We don't see the possibility anymore. I like to think sometimes children, as they can so easily do, is cut through stuff and just give away. Because that's what you do. That's certainly what you do as Christians. I think we're children, I'd like to think they could lead us in this. Because as Christians, we talk about community. We need to talk about community. I notice that we're a we're um, a, a community in Camborne that is about fast connections. Now, do you see where I'm going with this? Fast connections, Richard's with me, internet. You know, we're one of the four communities in the country that all clicked our computers and said, yes, please, we want fast connections. We love lots of connections. It's very stimulating. That's great. But as Christians, let's not stop just at connections, but move on to communion and community. Let's not just recognize that we have longings, but have a need profoundly to belong, which is found together in Jesus Christ. We believe that community is what God calls us into being. And we need in the Western world to learn to share our lives as our brothers and sisters in our parts of the world are so much better at doing. Tobias Jones, Utopian Dreams, you read that, Ian, didn't you? Um, I suggested it as a book. If you haven't read it, I'd ask you why not. It's fantastic about community. What is community? Utopian Dreams, Tobias Jones. He wrote also about Italy and its dark heart. He went all over the world asking what is community. He went to Turin, he went to... Um, I, I know another place for, um, up in Scotland, all over the place, asking what's community. And in the end, he gets back home, and after all his journeying, he begins where he began and says, what does community here mean in London? And listen to what he does. We drew a circle with a mile radius from our house and decided that that was our community. They're living in London, so they have to try and work out what it means to carve out a community. We were in some way responsible for everything inside that tiny circumference. We no longer wanted to have to travel in search of something. We didn't want to race after idealism. We wanted to renounce selectivity and discover that arbitrary community 
which surrounded us. It's the very lack of choice inherent in our neighborhood that makes the neighbor a person of symbolic importance. Quoting G.K. Chesterton, as John did last week, we have to love our neighbor because he is there. He is sample of humanity given to us precisely because he may be anybody, he is everybody. We thought this morning about a little about our world, about sharing, about learning, about the challenge as to how this lies at the heart of the gospel. Signs and wonders, sharing radically together, live, live, one, live together in the gospel. That is the sign of being spirit-filled, that stuff no longer matters and that dramatic things start happening and God added to their number. You might see at the end of the service, at 11 o'clock, we're going to invite people to just peruse some of the things on the table. Take away any of the prayers you want to as we think about resurrection life in different communities and different places around the world. But let's pray. God, we thank you for all the stuff that we have. God, it's amazing. In this age that we live and all the things that we can do for the internet, for travel, And yet we thank you more for the world that you've made in its complexities, in its fragility, in its beauty. We thank you for the person sitting next to us. We thank you for our friends, for our family. We thank you for gathering us here in Camborne. We ask that you would show us this week all of our engagements in the world and how we can learn from the world, how we can participate as world Christians. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.